Well, welcome back, church. I hope everybody's having a great, great day. We're excited about week two of New Spring at Home. And uh, so I want to go ahead and let you know, get your Bibles out. We're going to be in a lot of scripture today. Get a journal, get ready to take some notes. But before we dive in, I want to just make a mention of something that's super important. And that's that this weekend is Memorial Day. And we celebrate and say thank you to so many people who have laid a life down in order for us to live in freedom. And what a great time and a moment for us to look at the gospel in terms of, man, Jesus laid his life down to give us eternal freedom. And uh, man, we get to live in a country where we can worship just like this. We can gather and we can lift up the name of Christ because people have gone before us and sacrificed themselves. And so we say thank you to all of those that we celebrate this Memorial Day weekend. So uh, with that said, I want to do a little moment of review. And last week, Pastor Dan preached an incredibly challenging and encouraging message. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I want to invite you to go back and lean in. You can watch it on the podcast or YouTube or wherever you want to consume that message. But we are talking about the truth of uh, what the Bible says occurred in the days after Christ ascended to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit and began the church. And uh, that truth is found in Acts chapter 2. If you want to open your scriptures there, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and following. I want to read it to us just to remind us, and we'll jump out in a minute. Here's what the scripture says. And they, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had Need. Now look at 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number day by day of those who were being saved. So just by way of review, the twin engines of the church are two things. It's the gathering of believers in the temple courts. We're looking forward to that. I know we just shared our plans about reopening our facilities last Sunday, and we're excited about that in the near future. But the other major piece to the church is the ability to gather in homes from house to house. We're looking forward to temple court gatherings, but in these days, we want to prioritize the opportunity we have to gather in our homes. Now, Dan mentioned this last week, and I think it's a really great way to think about it, but hey, I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of time at Lowe's, Home Depot, Tractor Supply. I've spent way more money than my budget had room for in terms of getting my home improved. And so in these days, it looks like a lot of people are doing the same. And I, I love Dan's turn of phrase last week. And how is it going to look after this quarantine is over if our homes just look different, but... We don't take God's opportunity to look at our homes differently. That's the challenge of these days. I want to invite you in to look at your home where you live, not just the, the paint on the walls and the, and the planters in the yard and the garden you do or don't have, not just the projects you want to get done or the honeydew list that you've got for your spouse. I want you to look at your home. I want us to look at our home. I believe Jesus is inviting us to look at our homes differently. So I want to stop right here and just take a moment to pause and the, today, I want to invite you to walk out right now to maybe the front door of your residence, your apartment, where you live. And if you've got one, I want you to snap a 
photo of your welcome mat, all right? So push pause, somebody run out and take a photo of your welcome mat with your phone. Do it now, go. Well, I don't know what your welcome mat looks like, but here's a picture of mine. This is actually my wife. She, she got this one. And so when folks stand on the welcome mat walking into our house, it says hello. And then when they leave, it says goodbye. Now, if you were trying to figure out what those upside down words were, it says goodbye on the way out. But we've all got welcome mats, right? Many of us have welcome mats. It's really a, a thing in the South, I think. And when you travel a little bit, maybe you've heard this like I have, people know Southerners by this, this really unique um, descriptor, right? Southerners are known for their, say it with me, Southern hospitality. We're known for Southern hospitality. What I want to show you today, one of the great markers of the church is that long before Southerners were known for their hospitality, Christians were known for theirs. So the Bible, if you've got a copy of the scriptures, talks about it all over the New Testament. I just want to show you, just take a real quick survey of it. Turn with me if you've got your Bible to Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Romans chapter 12, 13, Paul writes these words. He says, hey, Roman church, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. He writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, 2. Timothy's a young pastor. He's raising a church. He's setting up leadership and he encourages Timothy with these words. He says, Timothy, therefore an overseer, the one you're setting up in leadership, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. He later goes on to tell Timothy in terms of practical pastoring, when you're trying to love on a widow who has lost her husband and you're trying to determine how much the church should help her along, watch what he says to her. He says to Timothy in this regard, he says, let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. Paul would write to Titus in another letter as he's raising this young leader, and he says similar words. He says, hey, Titus, here's the deal. When you're looking for a leader, here's what you're looking for. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but instead they need to be hospitable a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. And then the preacher, listen, there's so many. The preacher in the book of Hebrews says something similar in Hebrews chapter 10, verses one through two. He says this, he's preaching and he says, hey, let brotherly love continue. Verse two, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. And then Peter, finally, the final one I wanted to show you, Peter's letter to the church, he says something very similar when he's encouraging the church in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, he says this, above all, keep loving one another. How do we do that, Peter? Keep loving one another earnestly. Here's how. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So here's the major theme I want us to all see, that the New Testament church, the church that Jesus died to birth, the church that God has in his heart, the church that is all about big gatherings, but is intentional about house-to-house -house moments, that church is marked by hospitality. 
And if we look backwards at the New Testament church in over 2,000 years of church history, catch this, the church is not major strengthened and defined by simply gathering on Sundays. Actually, one of the major markers and strengths of the church is our ability to gather in homes every day. And so I want to just say and encourage, I think one of the issues that I have in my life and that we have and that I recognize in our world in America is that we settle, I settle so often for a Sunday gathering only when God has invited us in to so much more in terms of hospitality. Here's a question I want to put in front of us because I think it's an important one for all of us to wrestle with while we're in this New Spring at Home series and many of us are sitting in the homes we live in. What is the major obstacle for inviting someone into our homes? Because they're real. And so I want, I want to ask that question as you think about, um, not, not just in this coronavirus season, obviously being safe and having vulnerable people in our homes is potentially one of the major obstacles. Let's take that one off the table. Let's back up six months ago. What was our obstacle? Let's fast forward six months from now. What are the obstacles in our world from inviting people into our homes? Push pause. Let's answer that question now. All right, I hope you had some really good conversation there. I know in, in my home, um, you know, my wife and I, we've had this dialogue and, and she's actually taught me a lot about this because I want to make sure that everything when we have someone in our house is right. I want to make sure that it's clean, that it's neat, that it's ready to serve. And, and really, I think there's something in all of us, if we're honest, that we want to we wanna project maybe that things are all perfect, and that, but that's not reality, not in our house. We got three kids under six. We've got Cheerios in the floor. We've got dishes in the sink. We've got laundry in the basket. And you know, I don't know about you. It's like wash 30 minutes, dry 60 minutes, but then like getting it from the washer and dryer to like our drawers and our closets, that's like seven to 10 business days. You know, there's like a huge gap right there. And so we've got so much going on in our homes. And I think many of us feel like we've got to be Joanna Gaines before we invite someone into our house. And I think that that's a subtle way that the enemy is working in the Western church to settle for not gathering in our homes. There's a lot of other factors. There's busyness of life, right? We've got schedules, we've got soccer practice, and we've got sports, and we've got games, and we've got school, and we've got things, and we've got work, and busy, 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 busy. We've got this understanding and thought that maybe my place isn't big enough, maybe my space isn't nice enough, maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe, and, and there's an insecurity there, but I just, wanna, I just wanna put some real practical handles in front of us, and I wanna own something. I wanna shame the devil right here. One of the things that I think we've all got to wrestle to the ground is this reality. Our place doesn't have to be perfect if we're going to lean in to being a house of welcome. And, and listen, our schedules are going to get busier again. I mean, this is reality already now as we begin to open up, as society begins to open up, as our lives begin to open up, we're going to start again rolling in all of our day planners and calendars full of stuff. But before we do that, I want to invite you to prioritize this great opportunity to create hospitality moments in our homes with a really simple, practical acronym. It's the word host. And so H-O-S-T, here's all you need. Here's, well, you could say a lot here, but here's something I think that is really practical. Here's some handles. H, H is, do you have a heart for people? If you've got a heart for people, then you are ready. That is the baseline readiness. 
you're ready to oh, open your door. A heart for people will lead to someone who just opens their door and invites people in. Your place doesn't have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, one of the things we've learned in our house as we've invited people in is that many people are actually disarmed by welcoming them into your crazy world. Instead of thinking about it like this, that I've got to do all the things I already do in life and then add on top of that, hosting and having hospitality for people, instead of thinking like it's an addition, no, no, no. Think about inviting them into what you already do. Invite them into your schedule. Invite them into your sports. Invite them into your life. Invite them into your home. Heart for people, open the door. S, serve a snack. I think one of the things is we think we got to serve like a seven-course meal. No, 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 just put on a pot of coffee. Serve a snack. Invite them in to bring a dish, right? Um, I, I know in our house, we've, we've had the opportunity to host a lot of college-age students in our house, and we can't feed all those college students, but my wife, again and again and again, is all about throwing the coffee on the coffee pot and getting some cookies in the, in the oven, maybe some brownies in addition, and then just inviting them into our home. And I'm telling you, a, a, a tray of cookies and a, and a dish of brownies, you could have four. 40 college kids in your living room like this, man. They're just looking for someone to open the door and have a heart for them and just serve them. And then the T is simply just talk. Talk about life. Talk about what's going on. Put down your cell phone. Turn off the television. Push the Netflix aside and just talk. Just talk about what God is doing in the earth. Talk about the eternal things. That's all you have to do. And so I just want to just encourage you, you can do this. Push away the, the, the projection of perfection and instead invite people into your life. Have a heart for folks, open the door, serve a snack and talk. And so here's, here's where I want to go before we ask this next question, because I think this is a real cultural moment, all right? Now I'm about to pivot. But one of the things that I recognize right now is that in our world, there is a lot of noise going on. There's a lot of noise going on as we look into our future and we have the election year coming. There's a lot of loud talking. There's a lot of talking heads. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of outrage constantly. Church, that's not going away. That's gonna happen in perpetuity. In addition to that, as I look back over the last couple of weeks, I think our culture has seen some really important things happening specifically in terms of race, racism, and justice. And if you felt like I did, a few weeks ago, we were all wrestling with what is going on as news came up of, from Brunswick, Georgia, about the outcry of this young man, Ahmad Arbery, as he was shot on camera. And we don't know all the facts. And listen, I know right now, even as I bring this up, many of us quickly run to the talking heads that we prefer in our own brains. And I want to invite you to turn those voices down for just a moment. And let's lean into the voice of our Jesus. I want to talk to you brother to brother as a Christ follower. And I really want to invite you here to think about this in new terms. It doesn't matter who you talk to. I think many people as Christians feel like that we've got to do something, but want to know what the right thing to do is. Many people feel like they're clunky. They don't know exactly how to respond, but they want to help. And I think that that desire to help is sometimes there. And, and, and just as a, as a white man, that's one of the things that I have worked through in my life. I want to help. I want to be a leader. And I want to be a Christ follower that, that loves and seeks after justice in moments of pain when brothers and sisters are going through it. And if you are a part of our church and you are a brown skin, if you're a non-white member of New Spring Church, I know you feel this differently than everybody else in our church. You know Why? 
because I have conversations and friends that have sat at my kitchen table and talked to me about this. And so I think all of us desire to do something. And if you want to do something, but like me, you have felt like there's, there's an inability to respond. I want to just suggest to you something. I think it's the difference in an antibiotic and a probiotic. Let me, let me elaborate here. Antibiotics are things we take when we're sick in response. And I think so often, whether it's racism or whether it's all kinds of things in culture, you pick the issue, you pick the ism. People desire to respond with an antibiotic. They want a shot in the arm that's going to fix everything. And there is no such thing in terms of racism. There's no shot in the arm and silver bullet that's going to fix everything. But there is a probiotic. And I believe one of the things the good physician prescribes to his church is the probiotic of hospitality, is the heart of welcome that says, come and sit in my living room. Come and join me at my table. Come and laugh with me. Come and cry with me. Come and do life with me. And this has got to be something that impacts not just our Sunday mornings. It has to impact our Tuesday afternoons. We've got to be a people that lean into this opportunity. And this is a really big deal. It's, it's, it's a huge, massive opportunity we've got. And I'm begging you, just as a lead pastor at New Spring Church, as a friend, as a, as a brother in the faith, I'm begging you to consider your home, perhaps the one you're sitting in now. I'm begging you to consider that maybe the reason people won't join you on a Sunday when you invite them to church is you've never invited them to dinner on a Thursday. Maybe the reason that it's so hard to understand what's going on when culture ramps up and there's a gaslight moment and there's an intensity and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't understand what they're saying or why they're loud about this or why they're feeling it. Maybe the reason you don't understand and we don't understand is because we've not sat and had honest conversations where we're able to dialogue in our living rooms, at our kitchen tables, in our backyards, in our lawn chairs, while the kids are playing over here, and we're getting to know each other right here. And so I hope, and I desire, and I believe the church that's in the heart of our good father is a church of welcome. And we're going to see that New Spring Church as we gather again on Sundays, but we're going to see it in power if we're willing to open up and host in our homes on Wednesdays, to have a heart for people and open a door and serve a snack and just talk. And, and listen, let's not rush to clamor to get back to fighting to just simply settling for Sunday big space gatherings and miss the opportunity that God has afforded in these days to take a good, strong look at our house and decide we want our homes to be a place of welcome. So here's the next question I wanna ask. As you guys are in your living rooms today or sitting at your kitchen table or maybe perhaps journaling, maybe defining, defining a vision for the future if you're watching this alone, who can you plan over the next few weeks as schedules get filled up again, who can you plan to invite into your home? Who can you plan to invite over for dinner? Who can you plan to, to say, hey, come over and, and, and we'll watch hashtag the last dance together, okay? Maybe you watch the Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN. That'd be awesome. Or maybe you, you say, why don't you come over and just, let's, just, let's just catch up. Let's just sit on the back porch and, and let's let the UV rays of the sun end up dis disinfecting all the things they need to disinfect. But we're gonna sit together and talk and we're gonna enjoy this opportunity to be a house of welcome. So I wanna push pause and let you make a plan. Who can over the next few days you invite into your home. Go.
I hope you got a game plan. And I wanna just look at you and say, you can do it. And, and listen, I want you to be encouraged to know you're not alone and that we're here to help as a church. Your pastors are here to help. Your leaders are here to help. You know, Paul writes in the letter of Ephesians in chapter four, verse 12, he says these words. He tells us that we church leaders are called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I think that's one of the things that we need to recognize that's happening here is our efforts right now as pastors and leaders are all about trying to equip you to do the great work of the ministry, that that's the heart of God in how the church works. And one of the practical tools in all of our hands is this opportunity for hospitality, for welcome. You know, we're about to go into a time of response and we're gonna sing a song about inviting the Lord into this place. We're gonna sing these words, you are welcome in this place. But I want you to think about this because the only reason any of us would actually say yes to this is because we have seen the gospel, period. I wanna show you how. You know, God welcomed every single one of us at the cross. He welcomed us into his family. We had nothing to offer him. We had done nothing to perform to earn an invitation, but he sent the RSVP anyway in the form of his own son. And he led with kindness. He made the first move. He asks us to come and be a part of his family with the finished work of the cross. And if you wanna really check out something that's cool, we're gonna be leaning into Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47 over these days. Go look at verse 41. It talks about the people welcomed the message of the gospel. They gladly received the message of the gospel. So the second step, God welcomes us at the cross. We welcome that message into our heart. And when we welcome that message into our heart, then we turn and we welcome our neighbors into our homes. That's the gospel, folks. That's the gospel. And so I want to give an opportunity right now because I believe that there are people out there that, man, Jesus put these words out there and he said, hey, if you are weary and you are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. And his opportunity and offer is still on the table today. There's a weariness in our world. There's a heaviness in our world. But the gospel is the solution. Jesus Christ being welcomed into our hearts is where this all begins. If that's you, I think you know it right now. And you don't have to do anything crazy. All you've got to do is say, Lord, I welcome you into my home. I welcome you into my heart. Come now. You do that through prayer. So I just want to lead you. Just say, dear Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Thank you for inviting me into the family of God. Help me to represent you in this world that I live in. I give you all the glory for this. I thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you did that just now, we want you to know you're not alone. You can share it, of course, with the room you're in if you've got people or you've got a friend you want to text, but we want to invite you to just simply text the word Jesus to 30303. We want to help you in these days and in the days ahead, welcome you into the family of God and help you be an impact as you create a home of welcome in the world you live. So why don't you take a moment and just do that now if that was you. Just send that text, Jesus, to 30303. Then I'm gonna invite us to sing this song. 
And as the worship team leads us, I want to invite you to just do a little bit of business with the Father and invite Him to encourage you, to challenge you, and, and maybe even while you're worshiping, to envision the voices and the people that are going to be in your living room in the days ahead, worshiping. Maybe while you're sitting at your kitchen table watching this on the laptop or sitting at your cell phone, you can just look around the tables and all the seats that are there and just envision the people that you're going to have in your house. Because I believe the strength of our church in the days ahead is not just solely going to be on our ability to gather a big crowd on a Sunday. It's going to be in our ability to open our doors on a Monday. Let's invite the Lord to move us now as we sing.